We've got some scary chills in store with a voodoo drug ring that has a witch and a phone call from beyond. And it all starts right now. Ready for something scary? Okay! You're in the right spot. The Ice Scary Podcast collects spooky, creepy news stories to discuss and give you chills. Whatever. Just so you know, hosts discuss topics they've just learned about and have no prior knowledge. Their views are just for your entertainment. Hi, and welcome back for another episode of I Scary Podcast. With us today is one of our favorite co-hosts, Darcy Pashik. Hello, Anne, and how are you today? Fantastic. I'm, I'm happy to see you again, and I really appreciate you coming on and trying to sort through these weird, scary, odd stories. We definitely try. I think we do. <laughs> we definitely do. Well, I've got a couple for you today. Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's get her. All right. Let's jump into the first one. All right. This is called Voodoo and Drugs. This story takes us to the U.S.-Mexican border where a drug smuggling ring is also a cult. And when the authorities close in, the leader of the cult panics. Everything is lost. Police cannot take me alive. No, I could never harm you. Do it now. <gasps> Shots fired. And the police burst in. It's over. They found the leader dead and one of his followers claiming to have done the deed under duress. Really? They also found a witch. I had no idea they were doing anything illegal. It's still unclear of what her duties were. But she certainly wasn't a clairvoyant. Interesting. <laughs> this is uh, this is probably the strangest one we've had yet. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure, and from uh, from out, out beyond. Ooh, it's definitely a weird one. Um, I think we need the full news story on this, though, to make a little more sense out of it. Sydney, take it away. News. Voodoo and drugs from the New York Times. The leader of a drug smuggling cult believed to have killed and buried 15 people along the U.S.-Mexican border ordered his own killing when the police closed in on him. A loyal follower took him down with a machine gun. He went crazy and I didn't want to do it, the follower said, but the leader hit him and said everything was lost. Giving her recollection of the events, the witch of the cult, who allegedly directed human sacrifices, mutilations, and other rituals involving human organs, along with a drug smuggling ring, said she didn't see any of the killings. She claimed that if she knew the cult was doing all those awful things, she wouldn't have joined. Police, however, don't buy her story, proving once again that voodoo can't protect anyone from drug charges. <laughs> sure. It, it's, to me, those are like two different things here. And one I wouldn't yeah. expect to talk to about, like drug smuggling. But you add in like, a, I don't know if it's really voodoo, but whatever cult they were, they were doing sort of what voodoo has been, you know, described of, as trafficking and human sacrifices. I Do you think that helped with the drug smuggling or was supposed to protect them? I don't know what it had to do with it. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. These are two different uh, scenarios that we probably have to talk about each one separately in my mind. 
Yeah, well, I would imagine it would help um, with some sort of fear factor to go along with, you know, do what we say, don't mess with our drug, drug smuggling until it all comes crashing down. Because the police don't care, right? The police aren't buying this. No. Yeah, th- this one's weird. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, actually. I So he ordered his own killing. When they were closing in on him, he's like, I don't want to get caught, basically, so shoot me. Yeah. And and considering the heinous crimes that he committed, would you want to go to jail and would you want to be held captive? So I mean there's there's an intent there to, you know, if he's a free spirited person, obviously, then then that jail is not the right place for him. So I kind of get that a, a little bit. But um sure. what's his loyal follower thinking at this point in time? Well, yeah, I, I guess that, so of course he's dead. So it makes you sort of say, well, sure, he said, kill me. <laughs> right. Okay, I get it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> he, he made me do it. I didn't want to. Ooh. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, so where, there's a, where there was an opportune, opportunistic thing happening here, probably. And then the witch of the cult, the witch, um, mm. you know, no offense to real witches or <laughs> I don't know, whatever their cult thing was going on. How could she say, I didn't know they were killing people? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think once you put the word cult in there, it's a pretty close knit group. Uh, I think you'd have a hard time defending your position on not knowing anything. But uh, I mean, 15 people. Yeah, they just really, yeah. they, how, how do you hide that from somebody? So do you think that then that this is an opportunistic thing? Does this, does this person benefit from the death of their leader? He gets maybe off because he did society a favor? Maybe. I mean, think about how they could put all the blame on him. Correct. You know, and, and yeah. just go, mm, you know, I didn't do it. A little insanity plea. A little yes. insanity plea and, and you walk away. Maybe walk he away. lives in, uh, maybe lives next door to you or something right now. Who knows? <laughs> So do you think these things are still annoying? Like you, you mentioned the word, you know, no offense to all other witches, but but is that really a thing? Like, honestly? Well, so, okay. So in my understanding, because since I, I like to write fiction and I, I read, obviously, a lot, uh, I like stories like that mm-hmm. in those worlds. So I do believe that there are certain people that you would call maybe a witch, but they're into the other, the, the positive side of, mm. you know, not necessarily alchemy, but, you know, crystals and meditation there those kind of people do cross over sometimes into something and they would call themselves witches that's what i know um but they don't think of themselves as a cult witch that is uh doing sacrificial Sacrificial things things. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if they belong to a coven but i do think there are people that take it to a certain extent that you and i would still find okay that's just what they do they're more like earth goddesses i would call them than witches but um so i do say yes they exist so that's why i don't want to insult people that might you might call a a witch but they aren't a traditional Mm -hmm. witch this to me was a witch along the lines of a witch doctor almost yeah which is probably also badly maligned (laughs) you know the voodoo i i always believe that certain cultures you know, we demonize them because they're different. So, you know, where's the reality of where it was just, you know, the local guy that was just trying to keep people healthy and safe. Right. Yeah. To what it is in, you know, 
uh, I always remember the James Bond movie. They had the whole, one of those guys, Roger Moore had a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Know, well, I have a whole new understanding of how, uh, the definition behind a witch. I didn't know any of that. So more like uh, Wicca, Wicca, okay. I think is the term. Um, okay. but yeah, I, I think this is a weird mashup, but kind of freaky that you would, that somebody did ma mash up the voodoo and drug smuggling and killing 15 people. Yeah, let's assume this goes to a court and, you know, this is all being trialed and stuff. You know, so you got these two people that are in there, the one denying it, killing the leader. The, the second one is a witch who says she didn't know anything about it. You know, there's definitely going to be a play against each other at some point. But where do they all sit in this, you know? And what is somebody thinking, you know, interviewing? Because I'm only going to assume that this witch slash voodoo, you know, they're mental state we always go back to the mental state of somebody isn't going to be cohesive and, and normal so now there's a lot of room for interpretation of whether they forget forget the fact that whether they believe them or not it's just the heinous cries and what happened and how does this all play yeah. into the, the trial it'd be like a circus or uh it would be unbelievable. a circus unbelievable. Um, i i would think though with 15 bodies that they found um there could be some dna evidence that, you know, I, I believe the investigators would have quite a field day piecing this together, but they, they certainly have plenty of stuff to work with. You know, they have a certain amount of people. Obviously, it wasn't a huge cult. So they have hopefully they've caught all those people. So DNA evidence might do something. Plus, they have the guy that wouldn't it be mixed with chicken blood, though. Isn't that how it works when you have cauldron? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still stuck on the old style. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I you know, they did, the story didn't tell us much about this cult. No. Uh, but if they were doing ritual killings and stuff, um, I would think that was to maintain control over the drug side. Because, OK, let's let's talk about who they were up against. If this is just some little small cartels. group, yeah. there's cartels and they are they taking yeah. this seriously or, you know, maybe some maybe it would split. It could be a split like they, it, they're scaring some people away. And then there's the fact that maybe they really believed what they were doing, that it was protecting them in their endeavors. Right. And and then you probably I just got to be I, I just think people at some point are quite practical, even if they're drug smugglers or cartels and they've got to be like, you know, yeah, good one. We, nice do it. Try. we ain't nice buying try. it um, and probably tipped off the police where to find them. Yeah. My gun trumps your cauldron of chicken bones. <laughs> there you go. I know I, this one is like one of those ones you just kind of do. I, I know I hate to make fun because this is real people. Oh, what's the date? But, Do we have a date on this? Like no. how long ago was this? Oh, no. God. Well, most of these stories we do try to find their current um, yeah. from the New York Times. So they were reporting on it. Yeah. I wish the investigators well piecing together this story. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's look at the other one. Now, this one is actually one that you found for us, Darcy. Oh, Yes. All right, this is called Calling from Beyond. This news story starts with a terrible train wreck. survivors and one family holds out hope for their loved one when they keep getting cell phone calls from the missing man oh it's charles charles is calling charles charles 
I'm getting calls from Charles, too, but I only hear static. 35 calls in all. But when he's found, it's clear that he died upon impact. This is where I do believe something's behind that. I mean, 35 calls. I'm, I'm behind you on this one. I totally agree. I mean, you know, this isn't, and, and if you would think, you know, from a technical perspective, if it made one call, okay, I get, you know, the, something happened, but to make repeated calls and only to his family. I mean, if you think about it, there's got to be other contacts. I mean, from what we know. It's just too freaky. And so I think we need the full news story. Not that it's going to help, but Sydney, take it away. News. Calling from beyond, from Snopes. When a commuter train and a freight train collide, the horrific crash takes 25 lives, but many people survived what became known as the Chatsworth crash. And one family was hopeful the 49-year-old Charles Peck survived because for a full hour after the accident, his cell phone made 35 calls to friends and family. The phone called his son, his brother, his stepmother, and his fiance. All anyone heard was static, but they all hoped he was still alive, just trapped under the wreckage. Search crews even used the cell signal to trace Peck's location. Unfortunately, it was obvious that he had died on impact. Oddly, another cell phone played a part in the crash. The commuter train's engineer was texting and missed a red signal light that should have stopped him from proceeding into the head-on collision. The last text message he sent came 22 seconds before impact. You know, what just sent shivers up my back the whole time you're reading it. And when I read this the first time, I mean, you reading it again was like the first time again. It's 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 captivating. It's it's real, but oddly creepy that how, you know, is this a technological thing that the phone just kind of went berserk and did all things? But the fact that this crash was caused by phone like there's there's so much irony here. It's 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 interesting. I like this one. This is. I do too. This is like, I mean, once again, horrific thing that happened in Chatsworth, California, but it's amazing. It's those life moments that come out of horrible, horrible things that I think if I was part of the family, I would take some comfort in the fact that I got a call. Absolutely. Yeah. That's just weird. I mean, yeah, there's, there's something behind this and, and deserves, I think, you know, a bit more, recognition for this is one of the best stories we've had in my opinion yeah i i agree and in a way that this kind of phone what the phone calls his phone make it doesn't make up for what happened with the other phone call but i do feel there is that sort of yin yang uh, also going on that i don't know do you believe in that do you think things sort of level out sometimes (laughs) well you know, and this is the first story I've read where I couldn't, you know, really poke holes in 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 the story, or you know, there's no publicity stunt here. This is a true tragedy that has a tone that sets for you know remorse and closure, if you want to take it that far, because these people actually got something in the end, which you wouldn't get normally, right? Right, right. That's I mean, I look I, at it that way. I do. I mean, I obviously um, having to live through it would be one different that like maybe Mm -hmm. for an hour you uh, were hoping they were alive, especially since he was calling, even though they weren't speaking. 
um, to anybody, uh, I, that would def definitely give me hope. So I, I would, I guess you'd be just as crushed when you found out the truth, but I, I do agree that I would feel like he was sending a message to yeah. everybody. However, yeah. that is possible. I do believe that's possible. And I want to believe that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is one where we're all on board with the with the yeah. summation of what happened and, and what the belief of, you know, what this person and the people that are involved are going through. Now, we haven't even discussed the train conductor yet, but I mean, there is, you know, just talk about life lessons in terms of, you know, using technology while you're driving. I don't care whether you're talking a train or a car or whatever, but, you know, that's a, that hits home too as well. Would you ever think that could happen on a train? No. no. Uh, no, and they clearly had just left the station. I don't know. It was just uh, it, it, often, I think, in life, in our own as well, it's a perfect storm. Things mm -hmm. happen. I, I've heard it explained in for pilots that it's like a domino effect, and it's and you just get behind the curve. So it's not one thing, but it's that chain to get yeah. to the point that you can't stop it. And yeah. I'm sure none of us uh, that that engineer wouldn't have wanted this to happen either. Obviously he died as well. Um, so I would think that we all should take that moment to realize that the little things we do can start that domino and we totally lose it. And how instant things happen. I mean, right. you know, you go back to the mindset cause we always kind of go to where people were thinking and stuff. Here's a train conductor. We, we don't even know why he was texting, you know, is there other things going on in somebody's life that just, you know, demanded his attention that as an emergency or something else that's, you know, catastrophic going on in his life, you wouldn't think it would take precedent over him driving a train. But I mean, yeah, those are things that just run through your mind when you hear that story. There were so many touch points here. It does remind me of when my mother passed. So she had been ill. Uh, well, well, during the week, she'd been in a coma and I had gone to visit her one night and I, you know, she was she hadn't been alert for several days and she was very close to going and I was there late with her one night and I just didn't want to leave so I just was sitting with her and um suddenly my cell phone was made a noise and I picked it up and I thought someone was calling me but it was my phone had called my brother who was away on a trip to Israel he had taken it before she had left and she was okay and things had just turned while he was away and he couldn't actually get calls at the time because he didn't have the the right kind of package or something but he did he could text so i don't know it's just very strange that my phone called him because i had it in my my lap so you would think maybe i pushed it but i hadn't called him or texted him you know he wasn't right. a recent number you know it wasn't so you just wonder wow. what people yeah. can do when they're in that state of crossing over I felt that she wanted to know where he was and when he'd be back. And so I texted with him and then I read to her everything he said. Oh saying, my goodness. Yeah. So it gave me chills at the time, just like this gives me chills, you know, that yep. technology could be used in certain ways that to send messages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, we're, we're two people convinced that something did happen and, and, yeah. you know, like I said, I think that's the first time we've come out of one of our stories with that thought. We've always yeah. seen the disbelief and have everything down. Hey, we're here saying yes, we agree. We're here. Yeah, yeah. it can happen. No, the right, the right one. things. Uh, well, thanks for bringing that one to us, Darcy. And yeah. we are certainly open to anybody that has heard um, some cool, spooky or just 
straight up scary story, send it our way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We will check it out and it'd be fun to cover it here. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining me and we will do this again soon if you're up for it. Till next time, man. I'm always up for it. So great. Thanks, stars. Everyone at iScary Podcast would like to thank you, the listeners, for joining us. Oh, yeah. And please visit our website at iScaryStory.com, where you can find some tools to protect yourself from every kind of crazy strangeness that we talk about on our show. And thanks also to our newscaster, Sydney Story, our announcer, Zach Mercer, Plus, our Step Into the Story actors, Grinnell Morris, Sydney Story, Zach Mercer, and a couple IA programs. One from Speechalo, and the other is Synthesis. Last but not least, we get our sound effects from Zapsplat. <laughs> Join us again, if you dare. The Ice Scary Podcast is produced by Wyatt Pashik and Ann Kimbrough. Copyright April 2021.